You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Election College, Episode 5. In this episode, we'll talk about the first truly contested election for the U.S. presidency. Oh, and we also get into another war with England. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey everybody, I'm Ben Smith. I'm Jason Goff. And uh, let's get into it. Hey Ben. Hey. Hey Jason. How's it How going? You doing all right. Hey, I'm glad we uh we never ran against each other for president before. I know, that would really suck. Yeah, we probably wouldn't be terribly um good friends after that. It seems to be common. The family reunion would be really awkward. It would. It would. Speaking of elections, <laughs> go figure. We're going to talk about an election. The third election is really the first election we start seeing political parties being formed. And uh, we talked a little bit about some of the reasons behind that in the last episode. So if you haven't listened to it, you should go back and listen to it. But another big reason is the Jay Treaty. Yeah, the Jay Treaty was between the United States of America and our friends, right? The British. Right. Yeah. The, the British are really good friends at this point, obviously. I mean, we've just had a revolutionary war where we told them, hey, you're not the boss of us, um, and there's lots of trade issues. So, yeah, it's a great, really tension-free relationship at the time. We're tight. We're tight. Yeah. Good family reunion. Right. The tensions are still high. And John Jay, the American, he is sent to Britain to negotiate. That had to have been awkward yeah it's like hey uh everybody um i'm here from america just stopping in to say hi oh by the way there's some issues we need to talk about yeah get your forts out of our territory right yeah you you're still there um also you know how you're impressing our soul our sailors not like you're impressing them like uh, they think you're cool but like <laughs> you know you're forcing them to be part of your your, your navy that's that's not great. Yeah, and you remember how you confiscated our merchant ships? Um, we want compensation. Right. And, well, the Southerners, they they had these slaves that you took, and they want compensation for them. And our merchants want the West Indies to be open. So give it up, open it up, trade. Hey, and... You know those those people who were in the United States before we were the Native Americans. You keep instigating them, and they're attacking our citizens, and that's that's not cool either. Yeah, so stop it already, British. We want to be friends. And the British are like, okay, listen, we'll leave the forts. We're done. We're, we'll pull out of there. We'll uh, we'll pay the ship owners 
I don't know, in round numbers, $10,345,200. As long as you give us the most favored nation trading status. I'm not really sure what that is. Are you? I think it just means like, hey, we like you guys. Trade with us now. Also, um, by the way, America, you have to agree to pay back any of the pre-war debts that were owned by private Americans um, that we couldn't collect. So that's like 600,000 pounds. You could pay that back. That'd be great. Yeah. So they did that in 1802, and they got the those boundary lines set up. The only things that really didn't happen, um, they didn't get the slave compensation. Uh, John Jay was actually a really strong opponent of slavery, and he just totally didn't even bring it up, which did not make the Southerners very happy, as you can imagine. Yeah, and the whole impressment issue, Jay couldn't get the British to stop impressing U.S. soldiers. So that was awkward and just downright strange. And it really is going to become a bigger issue, oh, I don't know, in another dozen years or so. Yeah, so our humble, awesome, popular President Washington submits the treaty to the Senate, and it's unpopular at first. The Jeffersonians opposed it because they disliked Britain and they favored France. So they argued that the treaty from 1778 was still in effect. Yeah, and the Jeffersonians also denounced Hamilton, Jay, and Washington and said, hey, they're monarchists. And that seems to be really popular for the Jeffersonians. They really enjoy putting people down and calling them monarchists. Um, But they actually organized protests and rallies against John Jay, had lots of cool slogans and sayings, and um, he wasn't a popular dude. Yeah, so the Federalists, led by Hamilton, our friend, the Wizard of Oz, the spin doctor himself, the Senate passes it after strong support from these guys. So the official name of the treaty was the Treaty of Amnity, Commerce, and Navigation between His Britannic Majesty and the United States of America. Yeah, and this actually starts off a 10-year treaty between the United States and Britain and uh, particularly with regards to trade. So as we mentioned, this treaty, this Jay Treaty, as it becomes known, um, along with lots of other smaller or different issues, really leads to the political system that we know today. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Are we going to have to pay for that now? I don't think so. I don't think it's the same if you sing it. The heart behind it is all about being friends right. with people who we used to be in the same country as, but we're no longer. So I think the context is a completely different thing. Sure, yeah, I'm sure that matters. Well, we've got some candidates running for president again. And, of course, Washington, right? Right, Jason? Washington's going to run? Yeah, Please. of course he is. No. No, nope. he says, uh, nope, I'm retiring again. Good. Yeah, so for the third time, he's like, I am finished. If you remember, he retired in 1759 from the military to go back to Mount Vernon and plant stuff. The second time in 1783, he retired as the commander-in-chief of the Continental Army. So he's like, for shizzle this time. Did I just say for shizzle? You said for shizzle. Oh, man. Okay, he says, seriously, guys, I am done. He gives this retirement speech that he had prepared four years prior after his first term was over. He's like, I want to retire 
but they won't let me, so I better get this speech off of the shelf. And he warns against foreign domestic affairs, uh, Americans meddling in European affairs. Um, He's warning against bitter partisanship and permanent alliances that would say that the United States needed to concentrate primarily on American interests. Exactly. So every time he retires, and this time is no different, he retires back to take care of Mount Vernon. He's got lots of land there, multiple buildings, tons and tons of crops. He had a distillery. Um, he's just he's really a, a polymath and does lots of great stuff there at Mount Vernon and says, yep, this is where I'm going to stay and don't bother me again, guys. Yeah, so he's chilling there for a little while, and guess what happens? What happens? 1798, Ben. War with France seems imminent, and he's offered a commission as lieutenant general and commander-in-chief of armies, and he accepts. Why can't they just leave him alone? No, it's like, my goodness, grow some corn or something. Enjoy life. No. He accepts the position and serves uh, humbly until his death in 1797. Have you ever read anything about about George Washington's death? No, I haven't. I know it's kind of a macabre subject, but it's really interesting. They're still not 100,000% sure what caused it, but it was a long series of complications. Check it out sometime. Google it or something. I do know that there is a tomb in the U.S. Capitol building that is for Washington, and it's not used. Yeah, he's he's buried at Mount Vernon, right? Yeah. So Why did they build it in the Capitol? I guess they were like, hey, Washington, D.C., let's put Washington in the middle of it. Mm. So go figure. But anyway, back to the candidates. Really, the front runner is John Adams. He's the Federalist nominee. He's been hanging out with his arms crossed in the corner uh, as the vice president. He hates the vice presidency. And so he is so confident that he's next in line for president, that he's willing to endure these eight years of not really feeling like he was doing anything of any value. Except for being his rotundity, which I'm still going to say every time I have the opportunity. I just love it. John Adams is the Federalist nominee, and Thomas Jefferson is the Democratic-Republican nominee. And, of course, he's the former Secretary of State. Uh, always best buddies with John Adams. You know, they're they're good old friends, of course. Not not really. <laughs> yeah, so you've got other Federalist candidates like uh, Thomas Pickney and Oliver Ellsworth, John Jay, and some others. And there's a few Democratic-Republican candidates, probably most notably Aaron Burr, Sam Adams, not to be confused with that Sam Adams, but... Uh, George Clinton and John Henry. So we've got the North uh, primarily being made up of Federalist favoring Adams, and the South is like, "Hey, Adam loves the Adams loves the King. He's a monarchist." Again, we're going to call him that because it sounds cool the way it rolls off your tongue, and he's he's garbage. And then the South favors Jefferson, and the North is like, "Hey, he's an atheist. He's too loyal to the French." He's garbage. So Washington pretty much says, all right, guys, don't get into bitter partisanships. 
and everybody's like, okay, cool. We love you, George Washington. Hey, let's get into bitter partisanships. <laughs> nice. I'm speechless. Well, it fell apart speechless. so quickly. It did fall apart so quickly. You're speechless, but the American public said, well, we're going to vote and we're going to nominate and elect John Adams as our president. And how about Thomas Jefferson as the vice president? Hey, makes, he seems makes like a, a nice sense. guy. Yeah. I mean, why not? He helped with the Declaration of Independence and we really like him. We need another Virginian. Why not? Why not? Seems like the right thing to do. So this is the first time that you actually have people from different parties serving together. It sounds hunky-dory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. They're they're best of friends. It's a disaster, Ben. It is a disaster. So things are pretty awkward between Adams and his rival Jefferson, his vice president. And we'll get more into that because the nation just can't continue with this scenario happening. Things are just not going to happen. If you can't wait to learn more about John Adams between now and next episode, you can head over to Audible and go to um, find a book just called simply John Adams. Um, it's uh, it's a great book written, and it actually won the Nobel Peace not the Nobel Peace Prize. That is a that is a different <laughs> thing entirely. <laughs> it won the Pulitzer Prize, which is pretty close to the Nobel Peace Prize, basically. Um, but it won the Pulitzer Prize talking about John Adams and really dives into his rocky relationship with Jefferson. Um, really gets deep into some of the letters they wrote back and forth, which are just pretty hysterical. Uh, I mean, now they probably weren't then. And uh, talks about his role in office, his role as vice president, his his fame as his rotundity. And you can get that um, at electioncollege.com slash audible for free. That is awesome. Hey, Ben. Yes, sir. Do you think there will ever be a Nobel Prize or a Pulitzer Prize for podcasts? Uh, I don't know. I know there's the podcast awards, but if there was one, we would probably not win it. You know what makes me feel like I had just won a Pulitzer Prize? What's that? When I get a good review in iTunes. Wow, that's really true. I love reviews in iTunes, and some of you apparently love giving them. Yeah, like Gnarly Brian. He said, good concept, something a lot of people need to know. Hey, we agree with that. Thanks, Gnarly Brian. We think you're gnarly. Or something. Uh, Bigger Aller says, keep up the good work. Looking forward to new episodes. Well, here you go. Here's a new episode. And Shane-SGC says, there definitely aren't many shows like this around. Political history, very cool. If I was going to put all of these comments and these iTunes reviews in a page and put them up on my wall... I would definitely use Canva to design them. Canva is a free program where you can design stuff. And if you want, you can pay a couple bucks for some of their images. It's totally free. No subscription. Only pay if you use something that costs money. And really, it's even more free if you do use something that uses money. If you go to electioncollege.com slash Canva, which will give you 10 free dollars at Canva. If I were to create a Canva image right now, I would have a little heart that says... I heart Canva. Hmm. That's deep. Where would you put that? Where would you post that? I'd probably post it on Facebook and Instagram. Maybe yeah. 
give it a little tweet. Well, you can find us at all those places. Just look up Election College. We'll be there. Anywhere that the internet is, we're there. That is cosmic and awesome, Ben. Well, I think that's all I've got in me for today. This has been fun. Yeah, we'll see you next time. This is Jason. This is Ben. Thanks for listening. 